0: In this week's parsha, Parshas Kisisa, we read about one of the, or perhaps the greatest sin that the Jewish people as a nation ever committed, and that is it's just 40 days after the giving of Torah at Har Sinai, and Moshe Rabbeinu the uh, the entire the uh, was up in heaven learning Torah with Hashem, and the Jewish people miscalculated, and they thought that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to come down on that day, and he didn't because really. He was supposed to come the next day. The nation goes into a frenzy, into a panic, and they create the golden calf. And Klal Yisrael as a whole, um, or, or at least many, many people, um, worship the golden calf as a, in a form of idolatry, which is, again, the cardinal sin that we did as a nation right after the giving of Torah. And of course, this whole story is extremely bizarre um, on many levels, but on the simplest level, uh, how could it be? 40 days earlier we have a nation that experiences the greatest revelation of Hashem in this world ever. Uh, never was there a revelation like that beforehand and never will there be be such a revelation again where Hashem himself comes down and he speaks to the Jewish people, they see and they hear and they perceive and all the miracles that were connected to that. How is it possible that a mere 40 days later this nation becomes idolatrous, takes such an extreme about face? And even more um, perplexing is that the one who actually created that eagle, created the calf, is Aaron Akoyan. The great tzaddik Moshe Rabbein, his older brother, who's a prophet, who's the Kohen Godel. And of all people, he is the one who actually creates the eagle. Now, even though it wasn't his idea and they came to him and sort of forced him to it, but how could he do it? How could he do it? Now, actually, Rashi has two explanations whether Aaron Ar- 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 actually formed the eagle with his hands or he threw the gold into a fire and the agel, the calf, came out, but especially according to the uh, interpretation that he actually formed it. So he actually made this idol. How does any of this make sense? How could Aaron do it? How could the Jewish people do it? And clearly this is a question that's been asked many times and many different explanations are given. Um, I want to give over the uh, point that the Rebbe explains, according to Pshat, according to the simple understanding of the Pusuk, how it's, this question is not as perplexing as it seems. And the Rebbe points out that it's clear from the verses from the Pesukim that the Jewish people were not looking for a new God. They were not trying to serve the calf as a God. The, the, the words that they say, is they say the Pesach says, the nation saw, that Moshe Rabbeinu had not come down from the mountain, and they said, make for us Elohim, which is typically translated as God, but they ha'ish," because we're lacking Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who was between God and us. Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who he told us what to do, he led us, he directed us. They weren't looking for a replacement to God, to Hashem. They were looking for a replacement to a Moshe. In other words, Moshe they saw as an intermediary between Hashem and them. Moshe they saw as the one who actually led them and told them and talked to them and showed them. And was the one who was between Hashem and the Jewish people, leading, guiding, teaching, inspiring, and so on. And now we're missing our intermediary. Let's create a new intermediary. Let's create something else, or someone else, that will stand between Hashem and us. Um, And even though, here we have, Moshe Rabbeinu was such a big tzaddik, and now it's going to be a golden calf, says the Rebbe, but there's room for that mistake, because... Even when Hashem says, create a mishkan, He says, make for me an ark, the holy orin, and make for me um, the kruvim, which were forms, made out, figures made out of gold were on top of the orin. And Hashem spoke to the Jewish people, um, coming down to that orin and through those figures. In fact, it's interesting, in the Apostlech, those figures are called Elokei Kesef, Elokei Zav. In other words, there is the concept of Hashem working through various forms and various intermediaries and connecting to us. And therefore, this then was the basis of the mistake of the Jewish people. Now, of course, it's a terrible, terrible mistake because, yes, Hashem uses tzaddikim, great tzaddikim, and even other forms to um, give us his messages and give us his guidance and so on and so forth. But that's all only those who are 100% um, nullified to Hashem and serve only as a vehicle for Hashem to express itself to, um, through them. Um, they don't have their independent entity or independent um, significance. Um, and definitely we can't decide who and what will be a way through which we receive from Hashem. Hashem is the only one who, um, who gives and who teaches and inspires. And Hashem chooses those that are totally nullified to Him to be vehicles through which Hashem expresses Himself to us, but for us to go ahead and create something new, and this is going to be our vehicle, and especially when that becomes, that goes to the next step that we serve it. That's when the mistake um, goes, you know, gets even worse and can come to actual idolatry. Interestingly, the first idolatry that came to the world, Rambam teaches us, came from a similar mistake um, in the very first generations when Hashem created the world. People knew God, you know, face to face. Adam and Chava and Cain and Hevel. And yet, it was a grandson Enos who started saying, yeah, but there are intermediaries. There's a sun, there's a moon, Hashem gives us light through the sun, He gives us warmth through the sun, perhaps we should serve them. And that led, step by step, into actual idolatry. So really, as the Rebbe is telling us, the sin of the golden calf was a sin of misunderstanding. Again, it was not anyone trying to replace that there's a Hashem in the world, It was attributing a certain significance to intermediaries, and therefore the thinking process of perhaps we can create intermediaries and we can create um, and place our trust and our faith in intermediaries, and that is where we head down a very slippery slide into idolatry itself. This week is also, of course, the week of Purim. Um, and typically, this Parsha, the story of the golden calf, is read in the same week of Purim, unless if it's a, it's a leap year. And this is very connected to the story of Purim. We know in the story of Purim, the Jewish people are threatened with complete annihilation. And the Gemara tells us it's because they went to the Seudah, they went to the Feast of Achashverosh, and they enjoyed the Feast of Achashverosh. And the question is asked, just because they enjoyed the Feast of Achashverosh, the Jewish people are, you know, there's a decree of annihilation of the Jewish nation seems to be extreme and harsh. And the answer given is very similar to what we just discussed. The problem with going to the Feast of Achashverosh is that the Jewish people placed their trust in an intermediary. They felt, yeah, of course there's God in heaven, of course there's Hashem, but our existence down here and our safety and our security and our sustenance comes through an Achashverosh, comes through a Persian monarch or whatever monarch, whatever place we are, we sometimes place our trust and our faith and our hopes in the intermediaries. And we forget that everything comes directly from Hashem. And therefore Hashem says, Okay, you're trusting Achashverosh; He's going to help you. you know, let's see him help you out of this situation. What, what, the, the one you place your trust in is the one who will sign your death sentence. And ultimately the story of Purim came about because of tzaddikim like Mordechai and Esther who were able to show us and teach us that no, there is no intermediary that we trust in. There's no one between us and Hashem. Everything comes directly from Hashem and those that are totally nullified to Hashem. And, And the other beautiful thing about the story of Purim is that there was no real miracle in the story. Famously no miraculous happening. There was no splitting of the sea. There was no ten plagues. It was all natural. But the beauty of this holiday is that we understand that any all-nature and all-natural phenomenon is merely only the hand of Hashem working through the various tools and vehicles that He creates. Never, We never empower the vehicle and, and think of it as something that's significant on its own. And that's the great message of the story of Purim, or the story of the Eagle, how we connect directly to Hashem. Um, and only through that which is totally nullified to him. Have a wonderful Shabbos.